0: But you got to know Him and understand that that's that's the God inside of us. The Bible says when Jesus left, He sent His Spirit to to be here with us. That's how He can say say we're we're never left alone. But you need to know this: that the Holy Spirit is not an it. In the same way as if you're talking to. Maybe one of you ladies who's pregnant, I know we have some pregnant ladies in here, and once you find out what that baby is, it is a boy, it is a girl. Does it bother you when people refer to your child as an it? Like, it's not an it. It's a, it's a he or a she. It's, it's, it's a baby, not an it. The Holy Spirit gets relegated to it because it's unknown to people to an it. The Bible's pretty clear. That it's a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. It refers to it as him. And it's important we know that because it affects how you relate. The next thing is, and this is big in our, our circumstance, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And they were weird long before they met God. And all those with the weird uncle and the weird family members said amen, right? They were weird before they met Jesus. And sometimes you meet weird people and, and Jesus gets blamed, God gets blamed for the weirdness. And like, no, no, your, your uncle, your aunt, your cousin, your, that lady that sits next to you at work, she's just weird. You know, there's just, there's just weird people in this world and God gets blamed for it. And it's really not fair. Because what happens is we say, okay, well, if that's weird, I don't want it. I don't want to act that way. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be forced to be that way, which is another thing we need to understand. The Holy Spirit is not a compulsive control. In other words, you say, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit, and it's like, and like just something takes over. The best analogy I know, is one of my favorite movies, and it's probably sacrilege that it is, but um, remember the movie Bruce Almighty? Jim Carrey, and he's all this through the story, he, become, he gets to play God. And there's a part in the movie where he gets to play God and he goes into, he's a, he's a TV anchor and he goes into the TV studio while the anchors are sitting on live TV. And they're trying to read the prompter. and You remember he starts doing his finger? And they start going, and he quits and then they start talking again. And he goes, and everybody's laughing, we're all laughing. And he goes, and they go, that's what people think the Holy Spirit does to us. Like God just suddenly goes, And points at somebody and says, you're it. It's not it. The Bible is very clear that the the Holy Spirit, if you read through the whole context of the Bible, is a gentleman. He has to be invited. Okay, God, you can use me. He doesn't just take over. And if people have told me before, I just couldn't help myself, God made me do it. God may have asked you to do something, But we do it because we want to. He doesn't make you do anything, and a lot of times we see crazy stuff. And I mean, you can it's all over the internet. People acting crazy and doing crazy things. There are sometimes just people just getting emotional, and they don't really know how to handle. They can God's up to something, but don't know what it is. And then there's sometimes people are just acting crazy, and they blame it on God. It's just not what the Holy Spirit is. The next thing is the Holy Spirit is empowering, not overpowering. In other words, there's been times, in my, and I'll tell you, and I hope one day maybe with, um, with Corey, Corey's the father of Landon, the son, the guy that was hurt, talking to him through his story, and I hope you guys are watching today. Hello, Corey and Landon, all the weavers. Um, but in telling his story, if you want to see something about God being involved... God used Corey to help Landon. God used these EMTs and paramedics to help Landon. God used the helicopter and the flight nurses to help Landon. He, I mean, he just, and that's an empowering. That's us doing something that's beyond us. And it may be sometimes even in prayer. Sometimes you find yourself praying about something you're not quite sure. Well, why am I praying for so-and-so? Maybe God dropped them in your heart. The Holy Spirit is not overpowering, he's empowering. He's empowering. And we need to understand that. And here's the other thing. The Holy Spirit and the results of the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about his, the movement, his moving, him working in our lives. It always glorifies Christ. If, it's drawn, if you see anybody that's doing the look at me, look at me, look at me, focus on me, it's about me, watch how I act, watch how I pray, watch how, then that should be a red flag. Because if we're drawing attention from the way from God, then, and we're not focusing people on God, then it's not glorifying Christ. Okay, now let me tell you who the Holy Spirit is, who he is to you. And I did this by telling you who he is to me. And I hope maybe you can take this, and uh, maybe this, this will land on a good spot in your heart this morning. He is my inner voice. People say, well, is God like my conscience? No, he's not your conscience because your conscience is connected to that emotional part of you. And how many of you know your emotions will what? They will lie to you. If you don't think so, then talk to a teenager who has just broke up with their first boyfriend or girlfriend. The world is over. She was my forever. Like you've known her two weeks. He was the best thing ever. Uh, y'all got great kids, but no, he's not. No, they're not. See, that's our conscience. And the conscience can be moved with guilt. But the Bible says that he's my inner voice. And it says this in, in, in John sixteen eight. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. In other words, he... Convict means, hey, he's going to allow us to realize I need some help and I'm wrong. Because there's another verse, I didn't give it to you in Romans, in Romans, in Romans 8 or 10. It says that there's no condemnation for us who are connected to Jesus. So he can't condemn you because he came to free you from that condemnation. And it says to convict the world of sin and God's righteousness and the coming judgment. In other words, he's telling you, you need Jesus. You need the power that I'm bringing You need to be familiar with this voice. The voice that says, wait a minute, stop. I don't know about you, anybody been on the verge of making a life-altering decision and just for some reason you put the brakes on? Like, whoa. Or maybe you didn't put the brakes on and now you look back and you could see God waving the flag like, stop. There's a lot of us that blown right through, full-blown red light stop sign, you know, the orange traffic cones, and waving, and trying to stop us, and we just blow right on through it. And the whole time, God says, hey, I'm trying to stop you. I'm trying to tell you I wouldn't do that. The other reason you're, I know you're familiar with it, if you say, well, I serve Jesus, and I, I know Jesus as my Savior, because look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12. It says that no one can say Jesus. You can't even say the word Jesus unless the Holy Spirit gives you that ability to. I believe, you can read this, there, there are people who are finding Jesus right now, maybe this is new to you, and it's the first thing you say, yeah, I do need Jesus. If you're saying that, then you've encountered God, because the Bible says you can't even say it without the Holy Spirit being involved. So he's my inner voice. He's not my conscience. He's the one that speaks to me here because the Bible says he's resident on the inside of me. He's my inner voice. He's my teacher. I'm not that smart. I know I have a lot of you fooled, but I'm not that smart. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and Jesus here, God here with me, this would look totally different. If all these years I was talking with with Pastor Bob earlier, like, you know, over the last 10, 12 years, uh, we can mark times like, thank you, Jesus, you showed up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing up because without you, we'd we'd be flat on our face because we have to have that. Look what the Bible says in John 14. It says that when the father sends an advocate, in other words, that's a word for counselor. One version says helper as my representative, this is Jesus talking, and that is the Holy Spirit. And then he tells us what he's going to do in the second part of the verse. He's going to teach you everything and remind you of everything. Why? Because we're humans and we forget. Better yet, we're humans and we're stubborn. You ever reminded your kids, they tell them to do something, they don't do it or there's consequences for it, and you tell them, I'm going need to remind you, I told you. This is the, I told you so. And he reminds us of it. So he instructs me, he teaches me. Anything in the Bible, anything God needs to tell me from cover to cover, he teaches me. It goes on to say that he te- the Spirit teaches me everything, that we've received the Holy Spirit. And you can read the Bible, you can study God's Word, you can talk to God, and he'll teach you what is true. In verse 27 again. For he teaches everything, in the second part of that verse, he teaches you everything you need to know, and everything he teaches you is true. The Bible is very clear, I'm not a God that I can lie, it's not even in his, in the realm of possibility, he cannot lie. There's things that God can't do, and one of them is he cannot lie. So he's my inner voice, he's my teacher, and he's my guide. He directs me. He takes me where he wants me to go. If you've not been here before, you've missed it, we always talk about one step. And our whole vision is for you and the people that we help to help them take one step from where they are, where? Where God wants them to be. He guides us there. He leads us there. There are some of us that maybe have to stop at some different places on our path to being more like Christ. Issues that I need to take care of that maybe you don't and the Bible says he guides us and directs us People ask me all the time when I talk about one step. Well, how do I know where God wants me to be? Good question Because he sent the Holy Spirit He sent a helper. He sent an advocate. He sent a counselor to help us determine what he wants us to do The Bible says in, in John sixteen thirteen that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? Some of it, part of it, all of it. It goes on to say that he will not speak his own, but will tell you what he has heard, and he will even tell you the future. And that just weirds people out. But he does, and he will. And I can tell you from my own experience that he does. If you've heard this story, if you've been around, you've probably heard this story. But Melanie and I spent about 10, 11 months living in California, helping the church. She grew up when um, I was on staff there for just a short time, helping them get some things in order. We lived with her parents, um, which I love my in-laws, but I recommend not doing that um, as a married married couple. But we did it. And when we were there, I kind of felt like God this is it. Maybe I'm going to be here on, on thank God he changed his mind, um, on the west coast of, uh, on the beach in California. Beach was great, food was great, everything else. I'm I'm a southern boy and glad to be back in the south. Um, but I remember, I was. we were in, I was in a staff meeting, and uh, we had a time once a week where we'd go down for prayer. Our offices were upstairs, and I had to go downstairs to prayer. And as I'm bebopping down the steps, I had to make two, flights of steps, and when I hit the landing, I can't tell you that I heard God in my ears, but it stopped me dead in my tracks because nobody was there with me. And I, and it was like, I heard somebody, Clint, it's time to go home. And there's a there's a scripture in the Old Testament about um, Elijah, and it says, and Elijah returned home to Rapha, and there he started his ministry. And I just went, eh. Uh, okay, wow, and dismissed it. I thought, God, I am not. It's like three thousand miles. I'm no. And so I went through prayer. I walk home, get home, walk in the door, and open the door, and I said, Melanie. And before I could finish my sentence, she said, "I was praying today, and God told me we're supposed to go home." My reaction was not. Thank God you heard God. My reaction was, you got to be joking. Like, really, we moved all this way? So we started talking almost the exact same time of day. I was miles from her. She was at the house. I was in my office. And then if that wasn't enough, because remember, I'm stubborn, so I assume you're stubborn. I went and talked to the senior pastor and said, I just don't know. Me, I went home and told him the story. And before I could finish, get this. A month before, he gave me the date and the time. A month before, he said, I was praying for you one morning, and God told me that about the first of August, you're going to leave. I was like, You could have told me a month ago. How does God do that? And you can say you don't believe it, and I really don't care because it happened to me. And you can't change my story, and you can't change my testimony. I can't explain it. All I know is that the Bible says that he's my guide and that he leads me. And Isaiah 30 says this, that whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears are going to hear a voice behind you saying, go this way. And when you know the voice, it's a whole lot easier to follow. And God will, oh, I believe that God will confirm it. He told me a few hours later, all I walk in, he tells me, Mel, I mean, she did not bat an eye. We're supposed to go home. And I'm thinking, where? Where? There's no, what? So he's my inner voice. He's my guide. He's my teacher. Here's probably the, my favorite part. He's my friend. He's my friend. Because the Bible says that God wants to be in an intimate relationship with me. Look what the Bible says in John 14. This is out of the message version. It says, if you love me, show me by doing what I've told you. I'll talk to the Father. This is Jesus talking. And he will provide you another friend. Notice friend is capitalized. So you'll always have somebody with you. When God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, this is how he's doing it for us. Because he's, as the Holy Spirit, is the part of the Trinity God resident here. And it goes on to finish this. This friend, capital F, is the spirit of truth. It's a friend you can trust. It's a friend that can guide you. It's a friend that can be that inner voice. It's a friend that can teach you. In 2 Corinthians, it says that this is the amazing grace of the master, the extravagant love of God. And I love this line. This is out of the message paraphrase. The intimate friendship. Intimate friendship. In our world, we think intimate and we think it means something physical, sexual. It's not what it means. You can have intimate friends and it not be in a sexual, those people you're close to. The people that when they call, I know their voice outside of my wife because we've got a relationship. We've built a relationship. They can speak into my life. I can speak into their life. That's, that's what God wants to have with you. So in the next, give me five minutes, in the next few minutes, I'm gonna give you three things. Because I want your life to be different this week. And I please hear me when I say this, and I'm really sincere. This is not just a ploy to get you to come pray. That part of prayer week for me, if you've heard me talk before, I am not a morning person. Every week of the year, 51 weeks of the year, Jesus does not get up till about 7.30. But for this week, I know he's up because I'm up. So whether you can come in the morning, you can come in the evening... I want you to come pray. If you can't come as you're driving back forth to work, get the Spotify list. Just, I just want you to have a conversation with God. But this week, I want you to begin to, to listen for the voice of God. Listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you some simple steps, some pray, a prayer that you can help you get to know him better so that this week in 2024, your seven-day restart is different than it was last year, a step better, a step further. And the first one is, I ask the Holy Spirit, God, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Show me where I'm supposed to go. Show me what I'm supposed to do. If I'm reading through your word in my daily Bible reading and I need something, stop me. Make something jump out. Let me warn you, if you don't want that, don't ask. He's probably already talking to you, but if you ask him a question, he's going to answer it. A lot of times we don't like, we want God to give us what we want, not what we need. He's not worried about what you want. He gives you what you need. He gives us what we need to get us where we need to go, to where we need to be. Look what the Bible says. This is in the Old Testament, Ezekiel. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to remove that stony, fleshly, worldly, don't care about anybody else but yourself heart. And then in verse 27, I'm going to put my spirit in you to move you so you follow my decrees and be careful and keep my instructions. In other words, I've told you before, just like we tell our kids, it goes way better for you if you what? Just do what I told you to do. Listen and then do it. Just listening doesn't make you obedient. Doing it makes you obedient. He goes on in Psalms. King David writes this and says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. In other words, God, help me identify what I need to work on. Help me identify what I need to move, what needs to change in my life. Because you're leading me along this path of everlasting life. So Holy Spirit, show me. You're going in this from trying to do this yourself to now letting God do it. God, I could try it myself, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to let you lead me and guide me. Because when he does, then you hit number two. And number two is, Holy Spirit, change me. If we want the Holy Spirit to to guide us, to lead us, to show me, then I want the Holy Spirit to change me. Don't stay where you're started. I usually say this a couple times a year, but it's probably more, more appropriate now at the beginning of the year. If you've not done this, if you've not done our seven-day restart, if you're not in a grow group, if you're not serving on a dream team, if you've not gone through One Step Connect, I'm asking everybody, do it. And give me one year of just, let's go for it. Let's take our steps, let's help people take steps of just one year. And we get back to January 2025, and if you can tell me my life is no different, I, I'm serving, I'm, I'm tithing, I'm doing everything, and it's no different than you and I will go find another church, because if not, we're wasting our time. But I so believe in it. And again, my trustees and I was working on budgets, they always remind me, we hate it when you say that. I'm so believing in following the Holy Spirit, giving and tithing, that if we do a year and you're on board all the way around for a year and we get to the in the next year and you can't tell me your life's not better, then I'll give you your money back. The whole thing. It makes me kind of pucker when I do that, but I'm serious. Because I truly believe if we'll listen, he'll change us. And when he changes us, things get better. If we'll listen, he'll guide us. And when he guides us, we go where he wants and not where we want to go. 2 Corinthians says this in 2 Corinthians 3, that for the Lord is spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm not putting confines on us. I believe I'm giving us freedom because the Bible says, if you'll just listen to me, I'll give you the lane to run in. I'll give you the direction you go. I'll tell you how to stay out of the minefields. I'll tell you where to avoid and what not to do, and don't send that text. That is the Spirit who makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His image. The closer you get to God, the more comfortable you are with Him, the more you begin to look like Him. The more you begin to look like Him, the more people see you look like Him, and they want some of it too. It's just the way it works. Ushers, you guys can do your thing. Let me give you the third one. This one, people get kind of, no. You know, I, I know God the Father and God the Son. I'm okay with that. But man, you start talking about, and somebody, people use the term Holy Ghost. People, the, the term ghost came because we didn't have an English word for the Greek word that they use for Holy Spirit, which basically means Wind. And instead of holy wind, they translated it holy ghost. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't want no ghost either. But the third thing I ask God every, just about every day, much less this week, is so what I'm encouraging you to do this week, is number three, and that's Holy Spirit, fill me. Well, Clint, I already know Jesus, so the Holy Spirit's already in me. I'm not arguing that. But the Bible tells us, that even people that were saved were constantly, God, refill me. Why? I need more of you to do more of what you want me to do. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter four. It says, after this prayer, it's a one hum, somebody had it together, it's one humding of a prayer. After this prayer, I mean, can you just put yourself in this? That I pray, or you get up, I would rather you get up here and pray. And it is so power God-filled, that the building shakes. Talk about bringing God reality quick. It says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then look what happens. God doesn't do this just so we can go, whoo, that feels good. And there are a lot of churches that believe that and act that way that you come to have an experience for the experience. I want you to have an experience, but the experience needs to have a result. That when you come today, maybe it was, that praise song was cool, I kinda, man, I I can kinda feel myself moving. That's an experience, but it's it's part of worship, it gets you closer to God. Maybe you think, well, yeah, something you said really hit me today. That's an experience. But maybe my hope and prayer is it brings you closer to God. That we stop calling the Holy Spirit in it like he's the cousin that the cousin or the weird uncle, we sit over in the corner at Thanksgiving because we don't want nothing to do with them. But we start saying, Holy Spirit, I, I may not understand all this, but I'm inviting you in. Because here's the truth, and here's why this week is going to be life-changing for you. That even if you're telling me, Clint, I've got God's given me everything. I've got to, and I do, I will say that. God's given me a great family. He's blessed my life. I'm in a great city and a great community. I watched it this week as this as this accident happened with Landon. We had the, I mean, we had this place packed on Tuesday night if you missed it. And I don't know what the final count was, maybe when Andrew, one of the guys, but with, by Wednesday, it was well over 1,500 to 2,000 people had watched the live stream and I told Corey this I said Corey, I'm believing through the power of the Holy Spirit he's not gonna only heal Landon but when people hear this story they're gonna change because I would say I've got everything I need and every time I do that I have to remind myself of this that God always has more he has more I need to know him about more I need to figure out and learn about him reading his word he has more I need to learn from him He's got a lot to teach me. And if he's teaching me, the Bible says he'll teach you. God always has more to receive from him. For him to bless my life, more to receive from him to change me. And the truth of the matter is, and our focus for this year of helping people take their one step, God always has more to do for him. How do I know that? It's because I can think, and if I can think of one, you can think of one, of somebody out there who needs to know about this place so they can come and find the one we serve and be full of the same Holy Spirit that we are. To have their eternity changed. But there's this idea in Christianity and some churches that really gets under my skin. (coughs) Some of you know me for a long time, you may have seen me mad mad but i don't get really fuming mad about a lot especially on the platform but this i do is to ever hear somebody who knows jesus and talk about somebody who either doesn't know jesus or we perceive as somehow less spiritual than i am like they're somehow less valuable to jesus that's why we tell people come in that back door just the way you are bring everything with you your relationships your broken relationships your relationships you shouldn't be in the things you shouldn't have on you, the thing you shouldn't be smoking, everything you should bring it with you. Why? Because we don't. The Bible says you don't have to get clean to come to church. You come to church to get clean. You come to God to get clean. It's like trying to scale a fish before you catch it. it doesn't work. And when we, there are some people. I say all of us, who who re- recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, but they become egotistical and it somehow makes me better than you. I wish I could say what I think of that, but it's hogwash because here's what's true. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you or me better than any other church or anybody else. The Holy, being full of the Holy Spirit makes me better than me. I, would, I can't do what I'm doing without the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't be sitting here without the Holy Spirit. Your life would not be blessed without the Holy Spirit. I need more of him in my life, more of him moving. That my prayer is, God, I need a better me. Your prayer should be, God, I just need a better me. And the way that happens is not by you trying to jump through your hoops but by you saying this week, okay, God, I'm inviting you in. Dirty closet and all, dirty bathroom, my stuff's unkept, but I'm inviting you all the way in. And when you do, 2024 will be something for the history books. Scraven County won't know what hit it. The crazy group from Believer's Church are going, I just believe God can use me to touch people and help people and change lives. It may be something simple like a, a hug or a smile, or you may be really doing some, you know, other physical labor or giving or serving or dream team, whatever it is. But life begins to change when it's about a better me, not me being better than anybody else. Amen? Why don't you stand with me if you would? We never leave here we don't start today without offering people here in the room or online the chance to meet jesus and the bible says it's easy you believe it in your heart you confess it with your mouth and then the bible says you conf- you confess your sin god I- i'm wrong i don't even know all the ways i'm wrong but i know i'm wrong and i need you to help me the bible says that in that we find salvation and if that's you this morning or online it's a simple prayer of god I know you're my Lord and Savior. I believe it in my heart, confess it with my mouth, and God forgive me. Let's start this walk. I need you to be my friend, and I wanna to learn to be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's simply, the Bible says, now that salvation has come. For the rest of you, in just a second, I'm gonna pray, and my prayer is that as we start this week, that he becomes your friend. He becomes that inner voice you recognize. He becomes your guide and he becomes your teacher. And that as we give and get step closer to God, the Bible says he takes one step closer to us. And that's gonna be my prayer for us this morning. In just a second, we're gonna sing one more song. And as we do, if you need prayer, you just want somebody to hold onto your hands and pray with you. And over to my right, your left, Pastor Bob and Tammy are over there this morning. They just wanna hold hands with you and say, what do you need? And you can tell them as much or as little as you feel comfortable. But I believe when you do, the Bible says that faith rises, the voice of God in you starts to rise and gets a little louder, a little stronger. So don't leave this morning discouraged or with something you need prayer about. Take advantage of that as we start this last song. You can go immediately over there. That way, if you got kids, you can leave after service. You can go when the music starts. For the rest of us, you go bow your head and close your eyes. God, I thank you that this week for us, we know you as a teacher, we know you as a friend, we know you as a guide. God, that we we are close to you. And as we get closer to you, God, your word says you get closer to us. I thank you that the prayers prayed this week, especially this week during seven day. God, we see results. We have a place to write in our book what you've done that you've answered. God, that you open doors for us to bring people with us to take that one step. And God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, come and have your way. And everybody said,